welcome to the Common Good Podcast, the podcast that showcases the very best of Glasgow Caledonian University and how the institution, its staff and its research benefits people and communities both at home and overseas. My name is Craig Telfer and this is a special episode of the Common Good Podcast that marks the beginning of Carers Week. Carers Week is an annual campaign to raise awareness of caring and highlight the challenges that unpaid carers can face, but it also recognises their contribution to families and communities across the country. On today's show, we are going to be speaking to a member of GCU staff who identifies as a carer and listen to their experiences of juggling their caring responsibilities with their career, as well as discussing the kind of support the university has in place to help staff in a similar position. Now, we have two guests on with us today. The first is Gail Herrigan, Administrative Support in the School of Professional Services. Gail, thank you very much for speaking with us today. No problem, thank you. And the second is Adrian Louis, GCU's Equality and Diversity Officer. Adrian, it's brilliant to have you as part of the conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Craig, for having me. Now, we'll start with yourself first, Gail. You identify as a carer and you're responsible for looking after your mother. Can you talk to us a wee bit about that and how you became a carer? Yes, certainly. It was almost... Two years ago, uh, sort of coincidentally, I'd been on a team night out back in the day when we could actually do those things before the pandemic. Um, and I come home and got a phone call from my brother to say he was up at mum's and there was something not quite right. So my brother-in-law, who happens to be a GP, was there with him. So I decided to take mum to hospital. And the time I got up to join them there, we discovered that she'd had a stroke. So that was the, the beginning of it. Um, it was a kind of fairly severe stroke. She was actually in hospital for, I just counted up this morning, couldn't believe it, all of about five months before she was home. The last few weeks of that, actually she moved to a care home just to see how she would on. I think that was a spur to get her better. And she ended up just going back to her own home just before Christmas, just over a year ago. So just in time for the, the lockdown. So that was basically the the introduction to she was going to need some assistance going forward. And at what point did you realise that your caring responsibilities would impact in your work with the university? Probably took a wee while. I mean, up until then, I was aware the university and my colleagues had always been really flexible about certain days, holidays or anything. You know, there was enough of us to, to make that fine. I think really kicks in last March when good mum had about three carers a day coming in at one point. And of course, as soon as the pandemic and lockdown started, that just stopped completely. You know, they, nobody was coming in at all. So that was when my sister and I decided that between us, we would take, you know, a week each, a week about to just pop up and just make sure mum was, you know, kind of feeding herself and being looked after. So she didn't need care 24-7, but we felt it was things like, you know, if we weren't there, she maybe wouldn't bother feeding herself and, you know, things along those lines. So... That was, that was it. So from three carers at day to Louise and I every second day or so. Gail, do you remember when you had to approach your line manager to tell them that you were taking on these additional responsibilities? Well, it was a bit of a gradual process. I mean, the first night when mum had a stroke, I was up in the hospital at half three in the morning. And for whatever strange reason, I just got up the next morning when I actually went into work because I just felt that I, you know, I wanted to go into work and explain the situation rather than just phoning in. So I actually went into work after you know, about four hours sleep and of course everybody was going, what on earth are you doing here? Get yourself away. So from then on, it was kind of, you know, maybe every afternoon leaving work to go up. So my line manager knew from the word go that it was actually 
just beginning of this year when I felt I needed a bit more assistance and a bit more time. So what was that conversation like with him? Was that a straightforward thing to do? Totally, totally. No issues at all. It was, you know, from the word go, my manager and my colleagues have been brilliant. And how have you managed to balance the two responsibilities between your uh, professional life and your care responsibilities? Well, absolutely fine. Um, but as I decided, as I discovered um, fairly near the beginning, was the fact that the university does provide what they call like this kind of carers days for like consultations and appointments, which was amazing because I had just come from a business background. And I'm pretty sure that not many businesses would provide that sort of, you know, time off or whatever but three days a year was you know fantastic but they soon disappeared and was finding myself using annual leave mm. if I wanted an afternoon off or whatever so the beginning this year I decided to try and drop a day working just purely so I could spend some more time with mum because I don't actually drive so the situation was I need to wait for my husband to finish work driving up to mum so when it was my week on, I wasn't up to mum until maybe half five, quarter to six, but I, you know, she's having her tea and then getting a bit tired. So I just thought it was quite nice, especially with the weather, getting a bit better, to spend a couple of afternoons with her, trying to encourage her out more. So I decided to try and drop a day. And to say, I asked on something like the 24th of March this year, and by the 26th of March, it was all done, authorised. On 5th of April 2021, I started dropping two afternoons a week. I couldn't have asked for any quicker, any more assistance than that. That's very good to hear, Gail. We'll bring you into the conversation, Adrian. When you listen to Gail's experiences, is that reflective of other staff who have got care and responsibilities at the university? Yeah, I think so. I think Gail's story is obviously a very positive one. And from the time that I've been involved in supporting this piece of work, um, I've heard you know overwhelmingly positive support. Um, I've heard, also heard you know, some instances where we could be doing a bit better um, in some instances. And I think the point of marking Carers Week, as, as you were explaining in the introduction, is to make sure that we have that even balance across the university, that consistency, as with most policies to do with equality, diversity, inclusion, it's really important that everybody benefits. So how does the university define the term carer? So it's it's a standard definition that we um, sort of draw upon the the carers trust and, and carer positive you know the, the kind of industry standard. So it's, a carer is anybody who provides care that's unpaid, and I think that's really important to to recognise. You know, it's it's unpaid care, and it's it's looking after or, or having responsibility for anyone who's ill or has a disability, or has an addiction. Um, this could be anyone ranging from you know a, a, a family member or a partner to a, a friend or, or a relative. So it's it's by no means a, a formal paid role, and I think that's you know illustrated by what Gail was was saying. So the point here to recognise is that every single one of us, um, as member of the GCU community, might be affected by this, um, as we're all working longer shall we say and we're all, all living longer you know that, that there's more likelihood that, that we'll come into a situation where we might be you know having that responsibility so you know there, there will be um, you know more more and more coverage and, and more and more emphasis in terms of supporting uh, staff who have caring responsibilities. How many staff at the university identify as carers? 
It's a good question. So we don't have formal figures, Craig. It's not something we um, monitor just now in, in the same way we might monitor other aspects of equality, diversity and inclusion. I mean, the best we can do is, is estimate how many carers there are. So statistically in, in the population, there's um, one in eight carers in the workplace. And that's the studies that have been done by Carers Scotland. So in the university's context, this would probably mean 170, 180 staff, which it doesn't sound like much, but given the complexities of, of individual circumstances and, and you know, impact on work and, and perhaps colleagues and, and teams, etc. I think that's quite a, a very wide reach. Um, so, so yeah, around 170, 180 people. Listen to Gail's positive experiences and she had an understanding line manager, understanding colleagues and was able to, to drop days with, with relative ease. Could you explain in more detail, Adrian, what kind of support measures we have in place for staff carers? The first port of call is always your, your line manager. If you've got any circumstances or, or situations and factors affecting your your work or ability to work. So that could be a, a range of things and I would include being a carer or having caring responsibilities in that category. So it's very much case by case basis. We are on the early stage of, of this journey. So we don't have, you know, formal carers policies in place as such, um, but that's something we're aspiring to. I think what Gail referred to earlier is probably triggering our existing policies around things like flexible working and things like family leave and you know I think Gail mentioned annual leave as well so so we do have existing support that managers and also people services that that's the other team to go to if if people are seeking help um, or, or requiring help sorry is people services specifically the casework team in people services who can then advise both the member of staff and managers on on sort of appropriate support appropriate arrangements and you know what what policies we can call upon at the moment. How would you respond to that, Gail? I know you've had a positive experience, but is there anything the university could have done any better to help you? I'm thinking this is a harder question because mine was such a positive. Um, no, but just as Adrian was saying, I think the fact that you know there's carers weeks and things providing the chance for people to get together with you know people who are in a similar situation to discuss it, because not, you know, not everybody wants to discuss internet maybe with their, their working colleagues so I think continuing the you know giving people the opportunity to get together and talk would be would be good and so I don't think I would just possibly I mean I found that the you know the, the three family leave or the carers days a year was certainly handy but whether I could maybe be slightly increased you know because I say I found the, the three certainly kind of quickly disappeared but I'm not ungrateful for them being there in the first place so no, it's all been, I think, just continuing the ability to let people get together, you know, if and when they want, because not everybody wants to share, basically. That leads me nicely on to my next question there, Gail, and, and this is one for, for both of you. Do you think there's a stigma about being a carer, and do you think that's what makes people perhaps reluctant to come forward and seek support? I don't know about stigma as such, but I think, yeah, a few people might find it hard to, to you know, to say, you know, I am a carer. I would agree with that. I think sometimes there's a reluctance to talk about yourself outside of work context. And, you know, it doesn't have to be about caring responsibilities. It could be a, a number of things. But I think the carer responsibility might have additional 
I don't know if stigma is the right word, but, you know, difficulty attached to it, because sometimes it, it can be very sort of personal or, or sensitive reasons around disability, you know, um, ill health could be around addictions as well. So I think um, people are, are reluctant in, in, in some of the conversations I've had in, in kind of coming out and, you know, coming forward and, and putting themselves out there as a, as a carer, you know, having that label attached to them. Mm-hmm. I think it is quite difficult. And I think sometimes, again, in other conversations I've had, people feel they might be looked upon negatively if they're looking for, you know, additional leave and so on. You know, I'm, I'm glad to hear that Gail's had a positive experience, but in, in some circumstances, it might go the other way where some staff might think, well, why are they getting additional time off um, if they don't know the full circumstances so I, I think um, there may be a reluctance to to come out fully. Yeah I agree there's also maybe the fear that as you say people think you're not going to be able to carry on your work as normal you know because your mind's elsewhere or whatever which you know might be the case for some people but for others it's, it's fine. And I also wondered whether I mean being like myself I mean I still don't really consider myself a carer I mean I still talk about on the government visit mum's afternoon I think there might be a few people who actually just don't consider themselves as a carer I think especially if it's like you know your mum or you know an immediate family member I mean I still find it strange to refer to myself as a carer you know it's not a case of government visit mum you know rather than carer. Do you think then that opens up a conversation, perhaps not just at the university, but more in society in general, about how we identify ourselves and, and what it means to be a carer? Oh, definitely, definitely. I think, uh-huh. I mean, I'm not ashamed to say I'm a carer. It just does not cross my mind that, you know, where a, a paid carer, you would imagine somebody that would go to, you know, not a stranger, would go to someone's house to look after them, you know, for whatever reason. Maybe people within the family don't consider that as caring as such. I agree. I think there's, you know, it's not just a university issue. Um, I think there needs to be wider recognition, which is why, you know, Carers Week is so important to acknowledge. So, yeah, absolutely, Craig, it's a societal issue as well. And I think, you know, if we draw the parallel with something like mental health, which you know, over the past few years has had a you know big spotlight put on it. I think we are much more comfortable uh, as a university community talking about mental health as it affects both staff and students. So I think we need to use that as a model to aspire to where talking about being a carer or talking about carers more generally, whether it's staff or students, is it's just normal. It's, it's just part of the conversation. It's not something that should be stigmatised or seen as a a kind of hidden issue um, so I think that's something we definitely should be um, aspiring to. Aspiration is a good word there Adrian. I know that last year GC was named as a care positive institution but what does that mean and how can we build on that going forward? Yeah so Carer Positive is a, is a scheme that's uh, run in Scotland. It's supported and funded by the Scottish Government and it basically targets or, or rewards employers who have created a, a, a working environment where carers feel valued and supported so there are three levels that carer positive um, awards so we're at the entry level level one which is called the engaged employer and you know that's recognizing I think I used the analogy earlier about a journey so we're at the start of the journey we've, we've got some good things in place but we could be doing much more arguably so you know level one 
is is about recognizing that but we we have to make firm commitments to expanding our work i mentioned you know possibility of introducing a policy for example um, just to formalize some of the good things that we've heard from gail already and also do other things you know do do more communications and promotion around the carer agenda more more generally now i'd like to finish up by asking you one more question gail what advice would you have to anyone who's taken on caring responsibilities and perhaps need a wee bit of help and support from the university um it's kind of hard to give other people advice but probably what i would say is let somebody know, like either speak to your line manager or somebody from the very beginning. Then that way they can maybe they're aware of the situation. If things change, you know, they can sort of build with you. So all I would say is I'm gonna wait until maybe something comes to be a crisis point and you feel like you, you know, you can't manage or you haven't said anything, then you it's like a rolling stone, you know, you find it harder to say. So all I'm going to think is just say to somebody, if you don't want to be your line manager necessarily, I think you need a colleague or somebody, just let somebody know what's going on. That's excellent advice, Gail. And I want to thank you both very much for coming on to the show. Gail, lovely to talk to you and listen to your experiences. Thank you for the chance. Thank you. And Adrian, great to chat with you as well. Thank you. Thanks, Craig. I'd also like to thank everyone for listening to this show and I would like you to tune in again next time when we will be talking all good things about Glasgow Caledonian University. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can find us on all good platforms. Until then, I've been Craig Telfer and this has been The Common Good Podcast. Mm -hmm.